Hello there, my name is Sadie Wilson and I'm a senior in high school and for my Genius Hour project, I chose to work on preparing for an upcoming EMT course. Um, I originally wanted to accomplish a lot more through this project, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, my efforts were much more restricted than I would have liked. Um, however, I tried to find ways around these limitations and look for different things to do that would still be beneficial to my learning experience. My original plan was to gain my CPR certification, which is a prerequisite for my EMT training course, but of course because of the COVID pandemic they cancelled my in-person portion of the certification. I was still able to complete the the four-hour online part of the course, so I was able to learn a lot through that and now I just need to go back to complete the in-person part as soon as they open back up and then I will have my certification. I was a little disappointed that I couldn't finish this part of my project because it was something that I was looking forward to, but that's just how life goes, I guess. Um, Because I couldn't get my CPR certification, which is a big part in starting your EMT training, I chose to work on something else, and I didn't want to just kind of sit around and do research from then on out, so I chose to learn how to do sutures. I was actually a little concerned, well, I guess concerned maybe isn't the right word, um, I guess you could say I was a little skeptical because sutures seem a little daunting to me. Um, Nobody really talks about how learning to do sutures without being in med school, at least in my experience they haven't, so I was kind of nervous. But I put quite a bit of time into researching which techniques I wanted to learn and what materials I would need and where the best place would be to learn would be. Through my research, I learned that you don't actually need that much material to perform sutures. Um, For what I was doing, I just used the five basic instruments, which are the curved forceps, the needle holder, scissors, scalpel, and your Addison tissue forceps. Each of these instruments serves a different purpose. It's pretty easy to figure out which purpose the scissor and scalpel serve, of course, but the others can be pretty interchangeable. The curved forceps generally are used to hold the needle and lead through the suture. They're um, your biggest kind of leading instrument that you would use in your main function in doing sutures. Um, Now the needle holders and the Addison tissue forceps are where you can kind of get, you can customize your your preference. Um, The Addison tissue forceps are usually used to hold the other side of the tissue in place as well as to hold up the tail end of your suture thread so that you don't break the sterile field. It's really important that you don't let um, the end of your suture thread touch anything outside of the sterile field, otherwise you have to start over and give the patient antibiotics. That being said, you can also use the needle holders to guide the extra thread. I prefer to use my Addison tissue forceps on the softer tissue, or when I have trouble getting the field to remain still. But when given the choice between Addison forceps and the needle holder, if my field is stable, of course, I prefer the needle holder. It's really just a personal preference thing and what feels better to you. During this project, I also did quite a bit of research on different suture threads and which ones would be most useful to me currently as well as in the future. Again, I just started out using the basics. I used silk, nylon, polypropylene, and polyester suture threads. Um, I chose to use a variety of different sizes in this in these materials so that I could really get a good feel for what I'll be experiencing in the future and just how vastly different each of these are. I went with the 2-0, 3-0, and 4-0 sizes. I chose these because they're the most common sizes and when starting out, it's best to start out with these if you're just now learning how to do sutures. 
Of all the options, my personal favorite was probably the polyester sutures in the 3.0 size. I liked the polyester because it was more flexible than the polypropylene and nylon, but stiffer than the silk sutures. To me, the polypropylene and nylon sutures are too stiff and have this almost sort of like a plastic feel to them, kind of, while the silk suture material is way too flexible and sometimes it can feel quite weak. Um, other people really prefer the silk sutures, I think that's the most popular one, but for me it's definitely the polyester. I liked the 3.0 size because for me it was the perfect size for a variety of sutures. I felt like the 2.0 was too large a suture, but the 4.0 was too small a suture for the wounds I was working with. Um, as before, um, I said I only worked with 2.0, 3.0, and 4.0, but there are many different sizes and just so many ways you could go with that. But those are just the three that I chose to focus on, so of those three, the 3.0 was my favorite. When I was looking for places to learn different suture techniques, I didn't really know where to start. I wanted to make sure that I had some reliable, someone reliable teaching me so I could actually learn the proper techniques. Um, after watching many, many YouTube videos by different surgeons from around the world, I finally settled on using videos that were published by Johns Hopkins and, using their and used by their medical students. I figured they were a trustworthy bet and I would be able to find their videos easily. Um, in the past, I've actually watched some of their surgical tapes for an internship that I'm working on, so I already had a little bit of experience with their video library and it was pretty easy to navigate. I thought they did a great job of teaching me what I needed to know without overwhelming me or overcomplicating the process, which is really easy to do when teaching someone how to do sutures. So if anyone's interested in learning to suture, I would highly recommend starting there. Before I finished out this project, I wanted to learn one more skill, and because of COVID, I felt really restricted in what I could do, um, but I wanted to learn something new and something I hadn't done before. I honestly would have been just fine just suturing for this entire project because I've become a little addicted to the process, but I thought it would be good to maximize on this time and learn as much as I could in a variety of smaller topics that related to my main topic. With the COVID-19 pandemic going on right now in Washington state putting out a, fa a mask mandate, which could very easily become mandatory across the country, I, I chose to learn about masks. I thought this would be the most beneficial use of my time, and I would use these skills every day for an unforeseeable amount of time. Hopefully not too much longer, but at the rate we're going, it could be quite a bit here. Um, I started out by learning about the different types of masks. I have a family friend who's married to a dentist and plays um, a really large role in keeping his practice going, which includes making sure that each and every one of their employees have proper personal protective equipment. So I asked her to teach me a little, about what, a little bit about what she had learned through her certification, because if you work in the medical field right now, you have to be certified in knowing how to wear a, a mask properly and how to clean them. First off, I just want to put a little disclaimer out there. Unless you are part of the extremely high-risk category or a healthcare pro professional or are traveling, please do not use um, the more protective equipment that's out there. One of the more basic masks or a KN95 will be plenty of protection, so please save the more heavy-duty stuff for those who truly need it. Um, now that that's out of the way, I learned about six different types of masks. First, I learned about cloth masks cloth masks, L1s, and L2s. These are your basic masks that you see in your grocery store. They're the two or three ply masks that everyone's wearing, or at least everyone should be wearing them, but I won't go there. 
The difference between your cloth masks and your L1s and 2s is obvious, but it can be harder to distinguish between the L1 and the L2. For those of you who don't know, um, L1 and L2 masks are those blue masks that look similar to the ones they give you in an ER when you would come in with like a cough or something. Um, you can buy them in bulk at really cheap prices. They're just kind of like the medical grade looking masks. But the difference between the L1 and the L2 is that the L2 mask provides just a little bit more protection. They usually contain a couple extra layers of filtration and feel more durable than the L1s. The L1s and L2s, in all honesty, are used more just to keep you from spitting all over the people than to protect you, which is why it's so important for everyone to wear at least some type of mask. If you wear a mask, that's great. I mean, go you, fantastic job. Thank you for doing your part to help out. But the only way that you will really be protected is if those around you also wear masks. Um, okay, now on to the other ones. So, in order of the most protective to the least protective, we have the KN95 first, then your regular N95, and then your king of all kings, which is your M3 N95. The KN95 is usually a white cloth-like material. It has kind of that softer feel to it with ties that go behind your ears, and it has some sort of cone-like shape to it. I always feel a little like a bird when I wear it, which sounds weird. But um, it looks kind of like a beak to me, but I could just be going crazy over here. Um, the regular N95 has a lot of the same features, but just a couple modifications. The one that I have worn, um, they have ties that go around the back of your neck, and then another that goes around the back of your head, rather than the ear ties, but I've seen N95s with the ear ties, so it really just depends. Um, there's not many with the ear ties out there, but I do know that they're out there. The N95 also has a more circular shape to it, and the inside can create the suctioning effect, which is why you see pictures of those healthcare workers with bruises all over their faces. It's because they've been wearing N95 masks. Now the M3, the this one is the big one. Um, these are the masks that we actually gifted to China by the thousands before we ourselves decided we wanted to participate in the corona party. I think we gave them for free too, I'm not entirely sure, someone can fact check me on that but anyways these are really hard to find now because we gave all of ours away and when we do have them in stock they generally go to those medical professionals who are in covid wards or working with patients all day every day and taking like 18 hour shifts because they are so heavy duty it can sometimes feel like you can't breathe in them but that generally just means you're wiring it properly I mean, it should fit so that you can't breathe, but also so you can breathe if that makes any sense at all. These ones are very similar to the N95s, except they have an extra durable layer of protection on top of the N95. So from the outside, it looks like you're wearing... It doesn't look like you're wearing an N95, but on the inside, you can definitely feel it. With all of these masks, the best way to clean them is by using a blue light cleaning machine. However, many of us don't have access to these machines. So instead, the CDC recommends just taking really well care of your masks. This means that when you're done using it, you put it in a paper bag so that it can breathe. No plastic. Other than that, there's not much you can do. Just make sure you're wearing it right and storing it properly. If you feel like you're not wearing it correctly, you can always consult a medical professional, but really it's pretty simple. Just, you know, take care of it and please don't manhandle the inside, obviously. If you do those things, you should be pretty set. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this project. It definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I'm still grateful for this opportunity I had to learn about all these different things. 
I found mine to be especially fun because it felt a little like I was jumpstarting my career in a way. I wasn't just picking up a new hobby, I was actually learning skills that I will hopefully be using in the future. As I mentioned before, I'm a little disappointed that I wasn't able to accomplish more because of COVID, but I would still consider this project a major success. Alrighty, well, that's all I have for you today. I really hope you enjoyed following along with my project. It was fun to create the blog posts and read all the comments about what I can improve on and what questions you guys had. I want to thank you all for suffering through my posts as well as this podcast, and I hope you have a good rest of your day.